It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com No, cannot. Cano cannot. That's the nothing personal word of the day. November 19th, 2020. Robinson Cano has been erased. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's literally gone. Not a new identity. We'll all be able to recognize him. You won't recognize him in Cooperstown because he's not going there. You will only recognize Cano as the guy who signed a $240 million 10-year deal when he left the Yankees and went to the Seattle Mariners, ended up traded to the Mets, got suspended for steroids in 2018, served an 81-game suspension, and then did it again. What in the hell was he thinking? I want to give you, before we get into this and tell you about what Cano cannot do, I want to do an imitation. I wish that if you're watching this on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson is the channel. Hit subscribe. But if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're just listening, here's what I'm doing right now. This is my live shot. Picture a camera. You know how during the draft, sometimes they put cameras in the draft room or for all the leagues. So they're trying to show you inside what's going on professional sports and front offices. We were always super careful. We never wanted MLB's cameras in the draft room because we were afraid that our state secrets would get seen by other clubs where they would see our draft board or during the winter meetings when the media would come into the suite, we would always hide our whiteboard that had all the different trades we were working on. We didn't want anyone to see the codes to the briefcase that we carry around handcuffed to our wrist. But if a camera were watching Steve Cohn and Sandy Alderson, here's how it happens when a player gets suspended for steroids. You get a phone call, and the phone call comes from Dan Hallam, the deputy commissioner. I got that phone call at lunch in L.A., about to go to a charity event that D. Gordon had tested positive, and I, I was floored to say the least. And it set off a string of events that were a nightmare. I think it's a story we've told Coca on Nothing Personal. But if not, we can maybe do it on, a, on another episode. What that phone call is like, because you ask the normal questions when it's a player you do not expect to do steroids or to have done steroids. It can't be true. Was it him? Are you sure? 
Is he appealing? Here's the phone call that came from Dan Hallam to Steve Cohn and Sandy Alderson. Hey, good to talk to you. Hey, Dan, you're calling about our GM and president baseball operations search, right? You're calling to find out how much we're going to pay Theo, right? Um, actually, I got some news for you. Are you sitting down? Well, is everything okay? I was approved to be an owner, so that's good. We're starting our ownership. We're going to sign some free agents. Are you upset that we're offering Sprinter that much money? We didn't even tell Sprinter yet what we're offering him. No, no, we're not going to make, we're not going to break the bank with Bauer. No, you're not calling about that? Well, Steve, just relax. Let me tell you what's happening. Robinson Cano is being suspended for the year for testing positive for steroids. Hello? Dan? Dan, is that you? I'm sorry. Could you, could you say that one more time? Did you just say that Robinson Cano tested positive for steroids and he's being suspended the entire year? Hold on. I'm new to the game. Just clarify this for me. Sandy, hold on one second. Dan, does that mean we don't have to pay him the $24 million that we owe him for the 2021 season? D- Dan, can you hear me? Dan, are you, say, it, say it one more time to me. I'm ready now. I'm sitting. Steve? Robinson Cano had tested positive. He did a steroid called Stanislaw. Yeah, the one that Palmero did. And no, you do not have to pay him. He is gone for the entire 2021 season. Hold on, Dan. I'm putting you on mute. Snoopy dance. Snoopy dance. Snoopy, Snoopy, Snoopy. Snoopy, Snoopy, Snoopy. Boom. Saturday Night Fever. Boom. Ooh, Uma Thurman. Pulp Fiction. Ta-da. Dan, okay, you're off mute. Hi. So do we have to do a press release? Should we do a statement? What what would you like us to say in the statement? Well, it'd be really good. You have to say that you support the joint drug prevention treatment. Yes. And you also have to say that you are devastated and upset. Yes. No, no, no. You have to say that you support the decision, but you're very disappointed. That's what everyone says. No, I know that you're not disappointed. I know that you just, I, I, you know, you didn't press mute. Mute button makes it so I can't hear what you're doing. I totally heard the celebrating you just did. I totally heard that. And no, please do not take that $24 million and overpay for Springer and Bauer. You can sign both of them now if you want. And you can bring in Realamuto too. But please don't break the salary structure that we have. But feel free to sign them. But mute. Remember when you're on a call, and especially on Zoom, I could see you dancing and celebrating. But you have to do a statement right now because word's going to get out in the next five minutes. Steve, this is Sandy. I've got the statement. I know exactly how to do it. So here we go. Ready? We were extremely disappointed to be informed about Robinson's suspension for violating Major League Baseball's Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program. The violation is very unfortunate for him, the organization, our fans, and the sport. The Mets fully support MLB's efforts toward eliminating performance-enhancing substances from the game. Period. (laughs) That was actually Sandy Alderson's statement. I swear to God, that was it. That was the whole statement. 
Here's what Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohn wanted to release. Today we are announcing one of the great days in Mets history. Robinson Cano acquired by the previous GM who's now been fired has stupidly and brilliantly decided that he needed steroids to possibly perform at the age of 38 and was willing to take the risk knowing that he had two years left after this year at $24 million a year. So he was willing to risk one-third of his remaining $72 million, and he got caught. We are so happy. We are going to reallocate that $24 million to bring in players who will help us win, help us win that World Series in the three- to five-year frame Robinson Cano will never play another game for the Mets because he stinks. And he saved us 24 large. Period. Close quote. For further information on the positive testing of Robinson Cano, please go to our Twitch account where you will get a live look at our front office when we heard the news. And yes, there will be dancing. Remember that line from my best friend's wedding, Coca, with Julia Roberts? I bet that's a movie you've never seen. Julia Roberts is in that movie with uh, Dylan McDermott, I think is his name, the guy who was in Point of No Return with Bridget Fonda. And then Rupert, not Rupert Murdoch, not Rupert Friend, but another guy. And at the, his name is Rupert, I think. And at the end of this movie, they're, about, they're at the wedding and it's Cameron Diaz as well in that movie. And Rupert says, there will be dancing. And yes, there was. Robinson Cano did something that maybe one day it's Rupert, Rupert Everett. Thank you, Coca. You read my mind. One day I'll understand why Robinson Cano did what he did. And I've spoken to players about steroids and the conversation always goes the same way. It's I would never knowingly do that unless... I was going for a contract because I thought that there was a smaller chance of being caught prior to signing a long-term deal than if I don't do steroids. I need to improve my numbers. I need performance-enhancing drugs. The other type of players who do steroids tell me, listen, I'm in the middle of a long-term deal. I'm getting older. I've got an ego, and I just can't perform. My body doesn't recover. I just cannot perform the way I used to, and I don't want to be bad. I've got an ego, and I want to still be good. Robinson Cano comes obviously in the latter category. He also knew that the juice was worth the squeeze. Get it? The juice was worth the squeeze. Because listen, you lose 24 million. That's about 17, uh, 16 million after taxes, maybe a little less. But he knows he's got the guaranteed money left. I got to wait to see for you, Coca, by the way. Um, Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. If it doesn't, we'll revisit it. This is a long-term wait to see. So get ready uh, for being with nothing personal long-term, if that's okay. Spoiler alert. No, there's nothing to spoil. Robinson Cano will not play another game for the New York Mets. Come 2022 when his suspension is over, they will either try to trade him, no one will trade him, or they will simply release him. He still gets the $48 million dollars left on his contract because he's never going to agree to a buyout. Why would you when he lost $24 million for sticking a needle in his tuchus? And by the way, 
the first time he got suspended, he claimed, remember, was it on Nothing Personal, Coca? Or it was pre-Nothing Personal, and I talked about it at HQ. I can't remember. Either way, I was with, we were with CBS, and he tested positive for what is known as a diuretic. And he was just saying, hey, I took a diuretic. My stomach hurt. I was constipated, and I had no idea. Meanwhile, give me a break. Players know exactly what they put in their system. This time, he couldn't even claim it was for diarrhea. This time, he went old school. Stanislaw was the steroid that was used by Rafael Palmero, I think, the day before he lied to Congress during the steroid hearings. And it is, it's not used all that much anymore because it was one of the first things to be detected. Now, it's hugely, hugely effective. If you want to enhance your performance, you're going to take a little Stanislaw right there in the needle. By the way, D. Gordon steroid was one that can't be taken by mistake. I spoke to D about that. Don't let players tell you that they didn't read the labels or they were taken by surprise. They couldn't believe it. Robinson Cano did not even appeal. Do you know why he didn't appeal? Because there was no chance to win an appeal. You're allowed to appeal. Let's say you take you use uh, hair shampoo that has some sort of ingredient that tests positive and it's not a performance enhancing drug. It's literally Johnson and Johnson shampoo. I'm making that up. It's not J and J, but just say it's a shampoo. You can appeal and there's a chance that you will not get banged for that. There is no way to appeal Stanislaw the law. Robinson Cano has done the Mets and Mets fans. Are you out there sending thank you? Hey, Jack Riley, what about your friends, Coca? Are you emailing Steve Cohn and congratulating him on buying the Mets? Because if you are, you got to email Robinson. Get on his Twitter, get on his Instagram, and just thank him. Because the Mets have a way better chance in 2021 because Robinson Cano, the no-chance Hall of Famer, is simply so egomaniacal and stupid that he tested positive for steroids a second time, suspended for a full season, If he does it again, he won't have a chance to because he won't be on the team. But if he does it again, you get suspended for life. Robinson Cano, you will always be known not as one of the greatest offensive second basemen, not as a world champion. You have cemented your legacy, sir. You are a steroid user. Hard stop. Did that take away all the news from the NBA draft? I don't think it did. NBA draft was last night. That wasn't even the biggest NBA news. What took away from the NBA draft was all the stuff that happened in the NBA having nothing to do with the draft, which is a nightmare for the NBA. They wanted the draft to stand on its own. History was made. Pretty cool NBA draft. Coca and I had a pre-show disagreement, which is great. It's why you guys love nothing personal because he and I argue. He can't stand me. I can't stand him for the period of time that we're doing the, the preparation for the show because we have a different view of everything, which is critical to making a good show for you because I don't want, I'm not one of those guys who want psychophants around me. I don't want people who are just going to be, oh yeah, you're great. Oh yes. Oh, you do everything right. Oh, I love the show that you were thinking of doing. Oh, this is a great topic. No, hell no. I want Coca to tell me I suck. I'm short. He called me short, by the way. I don't think that was nice, Coca. You don't have to be personal about it. Just because you don't agree, you don't have to just say, oh, by the way, you're short. I know that. Anyway, 
So here's what happened in the NBA drafts. I just want to mention three things. A shout out to Israel. Number nine pick in the draft was from Israel. Highest ever, ever Israeli to be drafted. Went to the Washington Wizards to play with Bradley Beal. Second thing that happened in the draft that was of note, five Nigerians, all of whom were scouted by Kevin Bacon, were all drafted in the first round. That's a record. Third thing that happened in the draft, first time since 2000 that Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky did not have someone in the lottery. That's pretty amazing. 20 straight years, I guess only 19 because this is 2020, 19 straight years of a Duke, Kansas, or Kentucky player being in the lottery. Nope, not this year. That's pretty newsworthy, I think, isn't it? You don't need to go to one of those schools to be in the lottery. News alert, breaking news, you just need to be good. So the NBA does its draft. It goes off without a hitch. Pretty cool. But the non-NBA draft news was bigger to me. I want to start in Philadelphia because I'm fascinated the fact that Daryl Morey got another job. I'm fascinated that Daryl Morey has the power that he now has in Philadelphia. I'm fascinated by the fact that he wants to recreate Houston in Philadelphia. I'm fascinated by the fact that Harrison Blitzer, the owners of the Sixers, have given him this power. I'm fascinated by the fact that Doc Rivers, who now will be coaching his son-in-law, Seth Curry, after a trade last night. Did did anyone else not know that Doc Rivers had a son-in-law named Seth Curry? Does that mean that Doc Rivers and Del Curry are Mahatunam? I think it does. That means they're they're in-laws. Does that mean that Doc Rivers' son-in-law's brother is Steph Curry? God, that must be a really cool Thanksgiving, right? I mean, not that Makaton will never get together for Thanksgiving, but if they did, that'd be pretty cool, having like all the curries plus all the rivers. Anyway, so Daryl Morey has the power, not Doc Rivers, to get shooters to try to create Houston in Philadelphia. And somehow, Daryl Morey was able, somehow, to immediately undo what the previous administration had done. All the Philly fans at CBS Sports HQ who complain incessantly about the Phillies, about the uh, Sixers, I'm sorry, and how they are with Embiid and Simmons, and they just can't play well, but they brought in Tito Horford from the Celtics. They stole him away from the dreaded Celtics and he was going to put him over the top. They signed Tobias Harris to a max deal who stinks. Somehow, Daryl Morey was able to trade Tito Herbert. Do you know how hard it is to trade a bad contract? It is really, really hard. Because you have to somehow convince another team that it's not a bad contract. It was just a bad fit with your particular team. So you have to do a major sales job, and Maury was able to do it. If he can also trade Harris, that would just make him the greatest GM in history, tweets notwithstanding. Oh, Tito's the dad. Sorry, Coca. So right now I have a sort of a new setup, and so the show, the outline is to my left. I'm looking right at a camera where there's a light. I have to figure out how to put the show. So if you're watching this, you see me look left. That's the document. And when, when I don't hear what Coke is saying, because sometimes I turn the volume down like this, so he can't, I don't, I can't hear him. He puts it like in big letters. Tito is Al's dad. Tito was not traded by Daryl Morey. 
obviously. It was Al. Sorry, Paul Simon, because you can just call me Al. Second thing that happened that I need to mention because it, uh, it gets to the heart of what bothers me being an executive having to give out guaranteed contracts. There are risks. Do you remember the big three in Golden State? It's been a while since they played together, but they had that huge run of winning titles and going to the finals. And it seems like years ago, they had Steph Curry, they had Kevin Durant, and they had someone named Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is the son of a great NBA player named Michael Thompson. And Clay Thompson got hurt during the playoffs in 2019. Remember, he tore his ACL and he was going to be a free agent. And what we learned is that the Golden State Warriors had promised Clay Thompson that he was going to get a max deal from them, which was five years, like $185 million, something like that. Five years, 189, Coca. Thank you. So what happened is the Warriors promised him. It's sort of what happened with us. We promised Martin Prado we were going to sign him to an extension. And then Jose Fernandez passed away and we should have rebuilt. But we honored the Martin Prado deal that we had made with him. And we signed him to that deal. And Martin Prado was great for the Marlins, but it was an overpay. And it would have been better if our team were better because he's an amazing complimentary piece on a championship team. We just didn't have a championship team. So I understand that you want to honor a promise that's made. So if you tell Clay Thompson, hey, we're signing you to that max, have a good playoff run in 2019. Let's win another uh, NBA championship. Let's be a dynasty, but let's be like the Celtics dynasty of the 50s and 60s. Let's just be the greatest of all time, better than every other team. Let's make Jordan jealous that he was not a Golden State Warrior. Then you tear your ACL and that's it. He's out for a full year, but they still sign him. So he's rehabbing, coming back. NBA starts training camp soon. I think it's today, November 19th. For whatever reason, I think the NBA starts its training camp like in 12 days on December 1st, which is hard to imagine because I feel like the Lakers just won the title. So Clay Thompson, after tearing the ACL in his right leg, injured his left leg yesterday during an off-season workout. And it's bad enough that there is some concern today that there will be an announcement that Clay Thompson may have ruptured his Achilles. He may have torn his Achilles. He may have done something. The thing about an Achilles injury, though, that makes me believe maybe it's not the Achilles. I don't know how you hide that for this long. A player knows when he ruptures his Achilles because I've been there to hear it, actually, unfortunately. Um, You hear it. It's like a uh, it sounds like a gunshot. It's a pop that happens and a player knows it. And then when a player goes to see the trainer, the trainer doesn't need an MRI or an x-ray or a scan to know that there's a torn Achilles because you can actually feel it in the, in, on the Achilles. You can feel it like Achilles rolls up like a carpet, basically. So, You can do the MRI to see how torn it is. Is it a full tear? Is it a partial tear? But like Kevin Durant, the current uh, Brooklyn Net who played for the Warriors also had an Achilles injury that kept him out from last June. That can be a full year issue. So Clay Thompson of the Warriors who finished with the worst record in the NBA in 2020, they thought he was going to come back. He may miss a second year of that five-year guaranteed deal and not have been healthy for one game of it. If you're the Warriors, 
you are despondent. You feel like you're rewarding him for what he did for you to win those titles, but that's not good business at all. So let's watch for the Clay Thompson news. And that wasn't even the biggest story non-draft in the NBA yesterday. What blew my mind is that Peter Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings, his name is not Peter Bogdanovich. His name, hold on. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Is his first name the first six letters of his last name, Coca? Is that right? You just wrote that his name is Bogdan Bogdanovich? Okay. Um, Oh, Bogdan, sorry. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bagdan. All right, here we go. The name of the player for the Sacramento Kings is Bagdan Bogdanovich. Okay. He's a player for the Sacramento Kings who we said on this show was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks to be a shooter to help Giannis decide by December 21st that he wants to sign the max deal. Great. Except we heard yesterday that Bogdanovich never approved the sign and trade deal. This was not, let me explain. There's two ways the trades happen in the NBA, maybe more than two, but the two that I'm familiar with is when a player is signed to a deal, he's traded to a team who then takes over that, that contract. That's like a baseball trade. That's like a basketball trade. A guy's making 10 million a year for one team. He's traded to another team. He still makes the same 10 million a year, except instead of being paid by the Knicks, he gets paid by the Bucks. That's it. A contract that gets assigned. That's the legal word for it. So the Knicks assign the contract to the Lakers and the Lakers assume the contract that was originally assigned by the Knicks. Another way that a trade is made is what the NBA calls a quote-unquote sign-and-trade deal. A sign-and-trade deal is when the team that wants to acquire the player does not have the cap space or the enough of the cap space to actually sign that player. So you get another team, the current team of the player, to sign that player to a contract that you know you are going to trade immediately to the team, and that team will then assume the contract that that player signed with his original team called the sign and trade. So Bogdanovich was going to do a sign and trade. He's going to sign with the Kings, then get traded to the Bucks and be a buck under an agreement that the Bucks and Kings had under a contract that the Bucks and Kings agreed to. How is it possible that the Kings and the Bucks did not speak to Bogdanovich? It can't be. It simply cannot be. There is no scenario under which a team executes a sign and trade with another team and does not speak to the player first. It does not happen. Yet the media is reporting that Bogdanovich is unhappy, did not agree to it. God, I hope the mute button worked on that, Coca. I need some Gaviscon, and I mean right now. Can we stop the show so I can take Gaviscon? I'm just kidding. Gaviscon, if you don't know what that is, um, you can be a sponsor of Nothing Personal if you want because I eat it like sweet tarts. Mm, It's good for the tummy. There is no way that the Bucks did not know that Bogdanovich had not agreed to a sign and trade. There is no way the Kings agreed to a trade with the Bucks on a sign and trade without going to Bogdanovich first. Yet there is word out there that he didn't know and that he's pissed off. It can't be true. And we're going to find that out. We will know 
very soon because I believe this trade ends up happening. I believe that there is something wrong with the information that is out there right now because otherwise the malpractice by both the Kings and the Bucks is so significant that they both come out looking way more stupid than they are because it can't be. While people on Twitter are saying this is typical Sacramento Kings and people are saying Giannis is watching. I love this tweet by somebody. Giannis is watching carefully to see how this ends up. GMAB, honestly. Giannis is not paying attention to anything other than the fact that he got told that, yeah, Bogdanovich and uh, who else did they just trade for? Oh, my God. Coca, help me. Drew Holiday. Thank you. Although not thank you because you didn't get to me in time because you're in the bathroom. So, Drew, this is about the time, 27 minutes in, that you say, that's it. I've got to go to the bathroom. You know, you could go before the show starts, Coca. It wouldn't kill you. I know we're going to talk about Central Michigan, and you're going to get upset by that. Anyway, whatever. So, Giannis is not paying attention, other than the fact he was told that Holiday and Bogdanovich are coming. And if Bogdanovich doesn't come, that has nothing to do with whether Giannis will sign the max extension. Trust me, nothing. It's just pie in the face on the Bucks and the Kings if they were that bad at their job. It can't be. We're going to find out here that that trade is going to go through. And if it doesn't go through, then we will know forever about the front office of the Kings and the Bucks. Okay. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Dominic West's supposed girlfriend. And we're going to talk about Timothy Chalamet's love interest in Call Me By Your Name, because they combined to make a pretty interesting movie. And we're going to get to the offensive line coach of both Central Michigan and the New York Giants. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. We're going to do an end of month mailbag. Unreal. Every time. We're going to do an end of month mailbag episode where we answer questions Rate and review us on Apple. If you will, do a five-star rating and then write a review and ask a question. You guys have been great at that, so I appreciate that. You can download and subscribe if you're enjoying this podcast for the first time. If you're coming to us for the first time because you like, you may have heard me on, on the local hour of Levitard. You may have seen some tweets, whatever the case may be. Thank you. Download, subscribe, enjoy. We come to you 45 minutes every day. We talk about trending topics and we'll give it to you straight. Definitely no BS on this show. And you got to deal with Coca, the producer, the best producer in the business. He's overworked and underpaid, by the way. 
I want you to always be overworked, but I want you to be overpaid. If you're going to be overworked, you might as well be overpaid. Don't worry. We're on it, Coca. Okay. Part of the show, and this is one of my favorite parts, is we review a movie or a TV series or a TV show or some sort of something in entertainment because I watch a movie or something every single day. I don't sleep a lot. I was actually up again at about 2.30 a.m. this morning, and I, was, I just couldn't sleep, so I had an opportunity to do a lot of reading, to do a lot of watching. And there's a movie I watched, and it's called Rebecca. Rebecca is a formal name for someone named Becky. Rebecca is the name of a dead person in this movie. Rebecca has nothing to do with the movie. They tried to be smart about it, and her character is supposed to be a character that hovers over the movie as an important part of the movie, but there's so many other cool parts about it. It stars Kristen Scott Thomas. You know her. She was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. She was in The English Patient. She was in Random Hearts with Harrison Ford. She's a terrific actress. It also stars Lily James. Lily James was in Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Remember that movie about the Beatles where they stopped existing, but one guy knew the Beatles and pretended he was the Beatles? She was in that. She's the one who's been in the news because she went on some sort of trip with Dominic West. They were starring in something. Dominic West, who is Sandra Bullock's love interest in 28 Days. My guess is he's known for something more than that, but that's how I know Dominic West. And... They apparently have a relationship. They don't have a relationship. They do have a relationship. Anyway, Lily James has gotten a bit of attention for that. She's in this movie. And Army Hammer, the guy who played the Winklevoss twins in The Social Network, he played both characters. The guy who played uh, uh, in Call Me By Your Name with Timothy Chalamet, he plays a widower who falls in love with Lily James, who plays a maid, except she then becomes the head of a household and it is a huge mansion where they live. And it is a mansion that used to be taken care of by Rebecca, who was Army Hammer's first wife, who died tragically, unexpectedly. He was despondent beyond repair. He wanted someone to replace her. Or did he? The whole estate is run by Kristen Scott Thomas. What's her involvement in this? Are there layers to the movie? Yes. There are enough layers that you need three different baking pans to layer up the cake in order. It's not layer cake, another great movie with Daniel Craig, actually. There's so many layers to Rebecca that you will enjoy this movie. I don't want to spoil the end except to say I did not see it coming. And I pride myself in seeing a lot of ends, but this one just surprised me, truly. It's called Rebecca starring Lily James, Army Hammer, Check it out. I think it's on Netflix, but just check your streaming platforms. I can't remember where I saw it. Okay, Coca. There was something that happened in the NFL yesterday that got a lot of attention for people who were tweeting questions at me. So we got to address it. So we're going to right now. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. Thank you, Coca. That's a segment that we do where you get into Twitter at David P. Sampson, press follow, and then get into the DMs. You can ask a question. I'll try to get to as many as I can, either on the show or I'll try to answer them, if I can, directly back to you. I do spend some time every day responding, but as the show has grown, there are more messages that are coming, making it hard 
and I don't have a service response to them. I don't have anyone else. If you hear back from me, no one runs my Twitter but me. It's actually me. So a question came about something that happened with the New York Giants yesterday that made news that blew my mind. Question, do you think Columbo and Judge actually had a fight? I got to give you context. Joe Judge is the coach of the New York Giants football team. Columbo, obviously, Coca, you know why I'm saying Columbo, because I, for the life of me, can't remember his first name. I want to say Mark, but that doesn't sound right. Columbo, it was the offensive line coach. Rumors came out yesterday that they had a full-out fistfight. And it is Mark. I can't believe I got that right. A fistfight. Now, Mark Colombo is six foot eight, 330 pounds. Joe Judge is no David Sampson. I've been around coaches and managers for 18 years. I've seen arguments. I've seen people get in each other's faces. I've seen it happen with GMs. I've seen it happen with managers. I've seen it happen with me. I've been attacked. Jeff Torbor got right up in my face. There's been arguments between Mike Hill and Larry Beinfest, between me and Mike Hill, between me and Larry Beinfest. Things happen when you work together every day, when you live together, which is what a baseball season is, which is what a football season is. Disagreements happen. But a fist fight? No chance. There is no way. Pushing and shoving? Maybe. A flail? Mm, less likely. But an all-out fist fight where Joe Judge would go to a press conference with sunglasses on and Mark Colombo would have like a bruise or a bite mark? Come on, man. There's no way. Someone would have videotaped that. And by the way, most fist fights, you grab each other and you roll around on the ground. It's not real punching. It's not real, like a real boxing match. But that was the report which the Giants immediately said, no, not true. There's nothing to see here. Well, there is something to see here because Mark Colombo got shit canned, fired, gone. The offensive line coach for the New York Giants in the middle of the season got fired because of a disagreement he had with Joe Judge. What happened? What happened is Joe Judge, and did this come from above? That's the question that you need to find out from Joe Judge. Because my experience tells me that a smart coach does not do what the Giants did and bring in Dave DeGuglielmo there's no way I got that name right, right? Coca. Dave DeGuglielmo. <laughs> Part of the charm of nothing personal is I just suck at pronunciation. I suck at remembering names. There's tricks that I was taught, you know, by my grandfather. Hi, I'm Joe. Nice to meet you. You're supposed to say, hi, Joe. I'm David. Nice to meet you. Because when you say the name again, it somehow makes you remember it more. I remember faces and what my memory is based on reading. That's how I always have been. I need to read something and then I need to write it. And then I can always remember where I read it or where I wrote it. But if someone gives me a piece of paper that's prepared, it doesn't get into my memory. So 
I have a great memory for certain things and a horrific memory for other things. But one thing that is underlying at all times is my inability to pronunciate. So Coca, bless his soul, whispers in syllables, day, day, Samson, it's day, ghoul, ghoul, like a, like a ghost, ghoul. And he's whispering and writing and he's breaking it out into three letters at a time. Anyway, when you are a manager, you do not fire someone on your coaching staff midseason. Period. You also do not hire someone to come in and assist one of your coaches without your coach wanting it, agreeing to it, and needing it. We did that as front office executives. We would fire coaches. We would bring in assistants. We would do all of those things as a shot across the bow to the manager or to the coach saying, just know if our team doesn't get better, if our pitching doesn't get better, if our offense doesn't get better, you are going to be fired at the end of the season or even earlier. But the manager or the coach in this case in the NFL would never do what the Giants did by hiring under Colombo, De Guglielmo, who, by the way, was the other finalist for the offensive line coach before the season started. So you had two finalists. You hire one. You don't hire the other. You say, thanks for playing. See you later. Then halfway through the season, you go back to that guy and you say, by the way, just kidding, JK, can you please come join our staff? You're going to be reporting to Colombo, but it's just going to be brief, I promise. I don't know how brief, but brief. No, I'm not going to be able to measure it in minutes. It's going to be weeks, maybe end of season. Hold on. Let me make sure I tell Colombo what's happening. Judge goes to Colombo and says, hey, riddle me this. We're bringing in Daegul Yelmo. Work with him, please. Colombo says, hell no, you're not. You've totally wiped away all my power. You've totally neutered me. I'm a eunuch. I'm in a damn Mel Brooks movie. Judge says, hey, it came from above. Or Joe Judge says, I did it. There's no way, right? Let's just pretend it didn't come from above. Let's pretend that Joe Judge had to eat it for his general manager or owner. I just, I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's possible. But Joe Judge says to Colombo, sorry, man, just work with him because we, you, we need help. We want to be better. Let's be better. We have a high draft pick who's not developing right. He's not performing. We got to protect our young quarterback, Daniel Jones. We're not bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. We just need help. We've been, we've sucked for so many years. How long have the Giants been bad? They won one of those Super Bowls, Coca, but I think they've been bad like for the past few years. I spoke to my friend, Will Manso here in Miami, the, uh, the sports director for uh, PLG Channel 10, the ABC network, I think. And he's a huge Giants guy. And I can't remember how long he told me they've been bad, but it's for a pretty good number of years. And so it's possible that he was told to do this. We'll see. I, I just don't, I don't tell me. They have one playoff appearance in how long, Coca? One playoff appearance since 2011. Okay, that's not so good. Now, they did win the Super Bowl in 11. That's really good. I think Eli won two Super Bowls. Jeff Hosteller won a Super Bowl, and Phil Simms won a Super Bowl. So since the 1986 season, they've got four rings. So to me, that is quite successful as a franchise because there are franchises since 1986 who have nary a ring.
But that said, they've been bad now for going on a decade. God, New York sports is not doing great. The Yankees, the Knicks. Wow, you know, thinking about this, Coco, we should talk about this. Steve Cohn can own New York. If he wins with the Mets and become, before the Yankees win one, they haven't won since 09. If he wins the World Series with the Mets, the Knicks have no chance. The Giants and Jets are both horrific. Maybe it's the Brooklyn Nets who can be good if they get, uh, if, if, if Irving and Durant can be good coaches for that team. I mean, they'd have a chance, I guess, if they get Harden. But wow, Seacone is a great opportunity. But the Giants really have not been good. In any case, that is a, so you want to talk to Samson. Do I think they actually had a fight? My answer is I actually don't because we would know. Now, if there is a fist fight that happens in your front office, you definitely do a release the way the Giants did on Twitter and in through your PR department that's saying there was no fist fight. We just made a change on the offensive line side. But if there were no fist fight, then why would Colombo have to be fired? Why is it that after the rumor of the fist fight came out, that it was also announced that Colombo was let go as offensive line coach? Because there is a possibility that Judge told Colombo that Daegu was coming to the team and Colombo said, I don't want him. Judge said, you have him. And Colombo said, forget it. I don't want to be a part of that. And Judge said, fine, you have two choices. We're going to fire you if you don't want to do it. And he said, just fire me then. I ain't quitting because I want to get paid, but you better fire me because I'm not going to work with this guy, Degula. That could be what happened. It just definitely wasn't a fist fight. All right, before we end this show, I got to go back and review another offensive line. Central Michigan's offensive line stinks. That's not true. Their offensive line's pretty good. Their offense was great. They scored 44 points. But the offensive lineman's coach's daughter, who is Coca's friend, told us that Central Michigan plus one was a lock. You know I'm kidding. Coca doesn't even talk to her anymore. Maybe he does. I actually don't know that. Coca's friends with her from West Virginia. I just thought it would be funny yesterday. Coca got nervous after the show, folks, I got to tell you, that we would be in a position where we'd get in trouble thinking that Coca had inside information. And if Central Michigan had won and our pick of the day had hit, that somehow we were doing something unsavory and nefarious. Well, Central Michigan lost 52 to 44. I'm back to 33 and 31. It was a horrible pick. We picked it because we wanted the Chippewas to beat the Broncos. They didn't. I'm sorry. To all people in West Virginia, I'm sorry. To all of Coca's friends. To all of Coca's not friends. To everyone who thought that he had that sort of connect with the offensive line coaches of the Central Michigan Chippewas, we didn't. You know what kind of relationship he's got. It's just business. It's nothing personal.